When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hello and welcome to another episode of Make and Tame Traces of Soy, the podcast all about surviving and thriving on a plant-based zero-waste lifestyle. I'm your host, Rochelle, and if you're new around here, hello, welcome to the podcast. So psyched to have you listening today. If you're a regular listener, welcome back, soybeans. I'm so glad that you guys are coming back to check these episodes out, especially because I did take such a long hiatus break this year. Um, So I really appreciate that you guys are coming back in and supporting the podcast now. Um, It really means a lot to me, so thank you. Um, If you are new around here, you won't know this, but we do do shout outs on this show. So that is something where you can get in touch with me via Instagram um, or Facebook uh, or email and you can just ask me any questions that you want to ask or suggest anything you want, topics covered on the podcast, stuff like that. And I will do a shout out for you on the next show. You can find me on Instagram at MakeAtainTraceOfSoy and on Facebook or you can email me. I'll drop my email in the link um, in our show notes below. So it's exciting to be here and to be back. Um, We obviously are doing fortnightly episodes now. So every Sunday, a new Make a Tain Trace of Soy episode is dropping for you. It'll be there on a Sunday morning waiting to greet you. So that is how you can spend your Sundays now. If you like to take a long, leisurely walk, it's a great one to listen to. Just a suggestion. Um, But yes, the podcast is back. We're doing that. Oh, And before I forget, you can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. When you do that, it does help to push the podcast up there so that more people see it and hopefully spread that non-judgmental vegan message. This week, I was really excited because I'm doing an episode that I've been looking forward to doing. I was planning this episode or something like this last year, but I found myself too worn out to actually get to it. And it's all about Christmas. So for this one, I wanted to do all about a green Christmas. Um, I do have plans next year to cover different vegan um, alternatives for the Christmas dinners and all the food that is kind of customary around this time because I'm trying out a lot of recipes this Christmas. So watch my Instagram and you will see some of the recipes that I am trying out. I'm doing a fake turkey, recently did um, a fake steak just to give that a go. So I'm learning a bit more thanks to Zachary Bird and the Vegan Butcher Cookbook. Check out that episode. That was two weeks ago. Um, I'm learning more about, yeah, what I can do as far as fake meat goes and how it all works. And yeah, it's really interesting. So that episode will probably be one for next year. But for this year, I wanted to talk about doing a green Christmas. Now, I love Christmas. Like when I say I love Christmas, I mean, I really love Christmas. 
I have been doing all this research on the history of Christmas this time around. I actually appeared on my friend Sean's podcast, Excuse Me, I Have Something to Say, just last night and talked about the history of Christmas. And Christmas itself is just a holiday that I love. I love Halloween. I love Christmas. And I am just bonkers for them both. So I really, really enjoy decorating for Christmas. I enjoy doing all the cooking and baking. I love picking gifts for people. I love everything. Like Christmas is my jam. I just absolutely love it. So I'm really excited to be talking about some ways that we can reduce our waste over Christmas because it's really, really easy when it comes to Christmas to overspend and to cause a lot of waste. And as a whole in society, we do this. This is not an individual thing. Like we all individually can do things to negate this, but this is a societal problem at its core and it stretches across everything that we do around this this silly season. So it's really interesting when you look into the facts and figures for this, waste increases by 30% over the Christmas period. We have about, in Australia, there's about 5 million tonnes of food that goes into landfill. We use about 150,000 kilometres of wrapping paper and we also give four $400 million worth of gifts that we don't even want. So, you know, stuff we're exchanging, people don't even want the gift that you're giving them. You know, it hasn't been well thought out. This is like when people do that kind of last minute frenzied buying and they just buy a bunch of silly little things that they don't need. Like that's, yeah, that's one of those things where this is how we wind up spending $400 million on gifts that we exchange that people don't even want. Like that is just absolutely ridiculous. So I wanted to talk today about some ways that we can reduce our waste. And I've got a few different topics that I want to cover for that. I want to do some tips for you on decorations, on your Christmas tree, on wrapping, on food and on gifts. So let's start and just kick this right off with decorations. Obviously, if you've got decorations that you've had for a really long time and they're covered in glitter, there is nothing you can do about that now, guys. Like the damage is done. Like you may not have been on your sustainable journey just as I was not when I first bought my glittery decorations, but you are now. And this is the thing, like once you've bought them, they're there and they're bad for the environment and they're not going to decompose properly. Those microplastics get into the water. It's just a reality. Um, if you can avoid it, never pick out something with glitter on it. If you're going to buy anything new, you want to be thinking about buying from a sustainable ethical brand that uses all natural um, ingredients or, you know, all natural stuff in their gifts and in their decorations rather. And then, um, you know, you want to hang on to that and look after it and make sure that it lasts a really long time. Um, I wouldn't recommend buying new. I think making your own decorations, going through what you have, um, or op shopping is the best way to go. Some of the ways that you can make your own decorations is to just get, you know, pine cones and just use those to make decorations. You can make your own reefs. So I um, made my own reef this year with mum. We cut some branches from the apple orchard and we wrap those around and use a little bit of florist wiring to, yeah, hold it all in place. And it looks really, really nice. And uh, you can do little things like that. Use natural compostable biodegradable things and then compost what you can afterwards. And you can have a kind of zero waste Christmas that way. But if you do have Christmas items that are left over, just, you know, don't go throwing them out because of what is the point in that? If there's still use in them and you're still using them at the moment, you may as well 
like hang on to them and keep using them until they literally fall apart. If you are going to get rid of them, see if you can gift them to a friend first um, or do a Christmas decoration swap. If you're a bit tired of the ones that you've got, but you don't want to purchase new and, you know, contribute to more waste being in the world, get your friends together in late November and do like a cookie making and Christmas decoration swap party. And, you know, they can bring along the stuff that they're not using anymore or that they don't like. You can bring along what you've got that you don't like. And you guys can just swap different decorations so that you've got something a little bit different this year, but it's not something new because that's much better for the environment to sort of just do it that way. My other suggestion for decorations would be to go and have a look in the op shops. You can find a lot of decorations there. And if you don't want to do that, then just get a bit crafty and stick to stuff like you know, using paper to create scalloping or scalloping little um, decorations and garlands that go on things because that is going to be compostable if you use paper or the very least recyclable if it's not compostable. So think about ways that you can use more eco-friendly materials in your crafting and your decorations. And it's going to be much better if you do that. Obviously look at doing your secondhand ones. And if you are going to buy any new ones, Just keep in mind who you're buying from and what you're buying. And if you can, just make it as ethical and sustainable as possible. That would be my big tip for that. So that was my tips on decorations. The next one that I have for you is about Christmas trees. Now, I was really fascinated to learn this because, so I grew up in Brisbane. And in Brisbane, it was not somewhere where we had a lot of real trees. People didn't really do that as much. But um, some people did, and my parents did for a few years. They would get a real tree, and um, we would have that sort of sitting in the living room, and it would drop pine needles everywhere, and the cats would climb through it because that's what they would do. So, you know, it was really, really cool having the real tree when we did it, but we only had it for a couple of years in a row because mom got really sad seeing it on the rubbish pile after that. Um, so they went back to having a fake tree, and they've hung onto their fake tree for a really long time. Um And when they did get rid of it, they donated it to an op shop. And then the new one that they've got, they have a new fake tree at the moment. It's um, from an op shop as well. So if you can op shop for your secondhand tree, that's a really good idea because you're recycling something. So it's getting a longer life. If you are going to have a fake tree, try op shopping for one or try buying secondhand online. And if you don't have a fake tree, don't buy a fake tree. Get a real tree. It is more eco-friendly and is better for the environment if you actually get a real tree rather than a fake tree. A fake tree has a higher carbon footprint than a real tree that is composted. And you can find really ethical companies that, you know, cut down and then replant a tree. Or you can do what I'm doing, which is to get a Christmas style um, conifer or evergreen style plant and just repot that every year. So I bought one this year and I'm going to repot it and hang on to it and just keep it living in the pot inside when I have it inside for Christmas because you can do that with those sorts of trees. They can handle it and it means that you've got a living tree that you hang on to and then you can repot it and repot it until it gets large enough that you can't move it around anymore, in which case you will have to plant it. Now, I'm lucky because I have parents with a property where I can plant a a tree that's going to grow really big. But if you don't, I'm sure that there would be a way to work that out. Maybe you've got a friend, maybe there's a nature reserve that you can go to where you're allowed to plant that particular type of tree. Because 
in Australia, they're actually not native. So just be careful and cautious if you are going to replant it somewhere. Make sure that you are allowed to plant it there and you're not introducing a dangerous, um, yeah, breed of tree into that particular ecology. But I think the best way to go about it is to do the real tree and just repot it every year. Like that would be my number one pick now because I just think it's, you know, the smartest way to do it. If you have a fake tree, you would have to have that fake tree for more than 25 years for it to be more sustainable than cutting down a tree every year. So if you think about that, it's, um, it's much worse. So it's sort of, uh, if you've got a fake tree, hang on to it from now until forever. And if you don't, don't go out and buy one. Just, yeah, start getting real trees or get a potted tree and keep repotting because that's my plan. You might even be able to keep it to a dwarf size because with some of these trees, if you only repot them in a certain size pot, they don't get any bigger than that, which means that you can keep them, you know, at a reasonable size, but you know, you will have to take them out, trim, you know, get to the root ball, all that kind of stuff, and then repot again every now and again. But yeah, look into having a potted Christmas tree and just continuing that tradition each year because it could live outside and then just come in at Christmas time. And it would be lovely to have a tree like that that serves you all year round that you can bring in to decorate for Christmas. So that's my suggestions for Christmas trees. Uh, next thing I wanted to cover for you guys was wrapping. Now, when it comes to Christmas wrapping, we need to be really aware of what kind of materials we use to wrap in. When you've got just classic Christmas wrapping, like shiny paper, um, you know, shiny bows, that's a lot of plastic. There is a lot of microplastic in Christmas wrapping, and there are microplastics in the glitter as well. If you've got glitter on that wrapping, there's like plastic all through the bow if you get one of the shiny bows and not the natural fiber bows. So when you go to pick your Christmas wrapping, like if you're not reusing wrapping every year, which is what my family did, if you're buying any new wrapping, just keep that in mind and look for something that can be composted or something that can be actually reused. So you have a few different options when it comes to wrapping in non-traditional wrapping paper. You can start with the very simplest one, which is recycled brown paper, which is what I've got this year. It is nice and simple. It can be composted or recycled. It is tasteful and you can use twine or a natural bow, like an actual fabric bow on that, that can then be reused. That, that sort of wrapping looks really elegant. It looks really nice. And it's also just really good for the environment. You could even decorate it a little bit if you wanted to paint with watercolors. I think you can still compost after you paint it. So that is a really good option. If you don't want to do the brown paper, the next thing I would recommend would be to look at doing fabric wrapping. So this is something that Lush does and they wrap their things every year in headscarves so that the material that you're given is already shaped like a headscarf can be used then to be worn, uh, to be used in things. It is an actual useful extra gift on top of the gift that you've got. I love wrapping in headscarves. I think that's a wonderful way to do it. There are specific folds and ties that you can do that make it appear more like wrapping when you do that. So it's a great idea to keep in mind if you're interested in that um, to, you know, actually do it in a really elegant, pretty way that looks fancier. And giving someone something that is then wrapped in an additional present is always a good idea. I mean, what a lovely way to do things. So I really recommend that. And yeah, basically reusing any wrapping paper that you've got 
Or something else I like to do is to buy actual little cardboard boxes because if you use an actual box and a real ribbon, first off, it looks really good. I'm not going to lie. Like there is something so classic about seeing an actual box with a ribbon on it under a Christmas tree. That's kind of not how presents usually really look because usually presents are items that are wrapped a bit oddly. So I kind of like it because it brings that very Christmassy kind of aesthetic into things when you've got a real box sitting there. But yeah, if you want to do that, it's a great way to stack all your presents in the one thing, firstly, and you can create a little kind of gift box of things. But then they can't see what's in it and the box can be reused because boxes, like there's never... There's never not a good time to have an extra box lying around. You've always got stuff that needs organizing. So I highly recommend wrapping with, you know, just using actual boxes and real fabric ribbons because that's really nice. It's tasteful. Fabric ribbons can be reused and it just means that you don't have waste from the wrapping paper. Like I said at the start of the episode, Australians are going through 150,000 kilometers of wrapping paper at Christmas. That is ridiculous. All of that is going into landfill and all of those, you know, little bits of microplastics are getting into the ocean. It's just terrible and we shouldn't do it. Like there are other ways to wrap. Do not buy shiny, sparkly wrapping paper. Okay. Just hold off. All right. That's all I'm saying. My next one for you is about food. So one of the big problems that we have around Christmas time is that Christmas and, you know, midwinter feasts, Yule, all of this stuff that we celebrate at this particular time of year grew out of festivals that were about winter. So not exactly correct for Australia. Um, We're actually in our midsummer right now. So it is right smack bang in the middle of summer. And in Brisbane, it would be stinking hot. I'm now in Tassie, as a lot of people might know, because I have been talking about it recently on the podcast. Tasmania is a lot cooler. It is right down the bottom of the earth here. So we are closer, you know, down to, um, yeah, the bottom of the earth. And it's much, much chillier. I think it's getting to about sort of 18 to 20 degrees during the day, which is really, really nice. It's like pleasant weather. Whereas in Brisbane, it would get up to 35 degrees, um, which is super duper hot. So it's been really, really lovely, but um, we are in summer and not winter. And originally this festival, it did celebrate winter and it celebrated um, the inevitable coming of the spring and the return of the sun. So because of that, they were very much celebrating the abundance, basically, that they could have um, of that particular time of year. And they would slaughter all of their animals, or at least a lot of them, because they didn't want to have to care for them through the winter. Not something I particularly like as a vegan, but it's just the history of the situation. That's why they had so much meat around that time of year and why they ate so much and drank so much was because they wanted to forecast themselves for a really abundant spring. So they would kind of celebrate by going to excess. And that particular attitude and celebration and excess around this time of year it has held over like this is a tradition from thousands of years ago that has you know maintained itself and we do still go to excess we cook to excess we do too much food you know we do too many presents we do too much everything and that kind of excess it means that you've got a lot of food going into landfill because these places you know that sell the food or your grocery stores and stuff They overstock because they expect to, you know, run out. And then what doesn't get used goes into landfill as well as 
what we don't use because we will overcook in our homes. We'll make too much food. The idea will be to have leftovers and then we sometimes don't get through it all. I just think keep in mind that you want to use up your leftovers whenever like and compost what you don't use. Whenever food goes into landfill, it's releasing methane gases. It's so much worse than just composting or eating your leftovers. So when you make your Christmas food this year, think about how it can be reused. Think about its shelf life. Try and cook and try and plan your Christmas and your, you know, celebrations in such a way that you are not cooking too early and then having food that goes to waste or cooking too too much and then not having, you know, enough days to finish it because it goes off by a certain amount of time. So you can't get through it all in the number of days that you've got before it goes off. Just try and be really mindful about how you're approaching the holiday and how you're approaching your plans and your cooking for that holiday as well, because it's very important that we don't overdo it when it comes to the food around Christmas. I love to cook. I love to try new recipes. I've been tweaking recipes and trying things out for the past couple of weeks with my mom and it's been really really fun I'm going to try vegan macaroons macaroons um, which will be really exciting because I found a recipe for that and I'm also trying to do vegan meringues I do chocolate cake and some other stuff and then I used to make presents for people as well but down here I can't be sending a whole bunch of presents back so this year I'm doing more of like we're making a few things for people around here but we're mostly just sort of doing experience gifts. And that leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about, which is gift giving. So <laughs> when it comes to choosing gifts, like keep in mind that people are spending a lot of money on gifts for people that they don't want every year, like an insane amount of money. We're talking $400 million worth of gifts that are getting exchanged that people don't want. So when it comes to choosing gifts for people this year, do not get caught up in the frenzy. Really take your time and think about it. Something that I do so that I can be well prepared for Christmas because I do love it and I do like giving nice gifts, you know, things that matter for people is I will start thinking about gifts back in October. I get um, a reminder on my phone every year in mid-October to think about what I'm getting people for Christmas. And I also keep a running list whenever someone mentions something that they like. I have a little note on my phone that I jot it down on. So Doing that really helps you be well prepared because you know that what you're getting is something they actually want and like, and you know, you're going to get it done and sorted earlier so that you don't get caught up in the frenzy of buying around Christmas. Now I like, I go a little bit overboard. I'm not going to lie. I like to buy people at least one actual present, whether it be an experience or, you know, something like that. And I like to get them their favorite drink and their favorite, um, you know, treat. So I think consumable gifts are a fantastic way of doing things. When I was back in Brisbane and I had all my friends nearby to me, I would actually make everyone consumable gifts for Christmas. So bath bombs, bath salts, body scrub, um, candles, and then things like chocolate bark, truffles, cookies, you know, nuts, like a special kind of like roasted sweet nuts and stuff. I used to make all that stuff and then gift it in recycled jars with a little bit of red and white twine wrapped around it. And it was a really great way to give people a zero waste consumable gift. Now I have friends in Brisbane who are minimalists as well, and they won't accept gifts that are not consumable or not going to be used. So it's very, very hard to give them something, which is why it's handy to be able to 
just give them like a jar of, you know, lollies that they're going to eat or truffles or bath salts, something that they're going to use. So a consumable gift is always a good idea. If you need little gifts for people who are going to be coming around to visit and, you know, you're going to see them for holiday parties, stuff like that. These are great little gift things and little kind of like swag bags or party bags that you can have almost for people when they come around for Christmas. So if you just um, make a few things and then put them together, you know, say you've got some bath salts or a bath bomb that you've made. By the way, bath salts, bath bombs, body scrub, they're all incredibly easy to make. Like if you've never done it before, have a quick Google. You're going to see that it is, there is next to nothing in it. It's very, very chill. So if you're looking for a good little crafty hobby to do some last minute gifts, I would highly recommend one of those. Very, very easy to do. And obviously a great one to give out because it is really easy and consumable. Candles are a little bit more complicated and they're not something I would recommend doing with children around because you have to melt the wax in a double boiler and it can be a little bit difficult, especially because I was using soy wax. Obviously as a vegan, I don't use beeswax and um, I feel like the soy wax had a lower smoking point for the burn on the wax, but that's just my point of view on that. Anyway, those are all great things that you can do and they're wonderful crafts that you can create. This year, mum and I have made some beautiful roasted nuts that had these this mixture of spices on them that was a bit sweet and cinnamony and a little bit kind of uh, spicy as well. And then we also did a blackberry liqueur that mum made because she was looking into it and she had so many blackberries from the yard. So we've got a couple of bottles of that. We've also got some jam that she's made and we'll be giving those away to neighbors and friends down here. And next year I might make a few more things. Um, and then even if I have time, possibly send them back up to Brisbane to friends there. So for consumable gifts and homemade gifts, I recommend doing stuff like that. You can do a great thing to do is a liqueur. And you can, if you've got any stuff growing that you have enough crop of to make a kind of coolest, which is a sort of syrup that you can put into um, something else, like a combination of wine and vodka, which is what we've done for the liqueur that we have. Or you can just get a little bit of vodka, separate them into your own bottles that you've recycled and then infuse them with herbs and, you know, with like different little bits and pieces. There are ways to do that. So liqueurs and infused drinks are a really lovely gift for people. If you put a reminder in your phone to look into that at the start of October, they should infuse long enough so that when they get them, they actually taste like what you've put in them. And then if you don't want to do something like that, again, any of your bath products, any of your kind of food things, you know, you can do nuts, you can do uh, truffles and stuff, you can do cookies. So all of that kind of stuff in recycled containers is all zero waste consumable gifts. And I love to see people doing that. That's my favorite way to gift. When it comes to people who mean a little bit more to you, though, you are going to want to think about getting them something that's a little bit bigger than I made, you know, some cookies because you do that most weeks. So when it comes to choosing something for someone and you want to make sure that you're getting them something really good, something that they want, you know, something in a little bit of a higher price point than just that, there are all kinds of gifts you can look into, but you've got to think about, you know, how you can keep that to a sort of zero waste gift where possible. And you want to think about buying them something that they like. Um, so for example, I ordered, uh, a, Actually, I can't say it. What am I doing? I can't tell you what I ordered for people. That's not allowed. All right. The the people who I ordered things for, they're on this podcast. They listen to it. I can't have them know about it. All right. 
I take it all back. We're not going to do this. All right. But what, what we are going to say is that, just as an example, doing things like getting people gift cards for stores that you know they like to shop from, ethical stores, for example, or stores that have specialty things, it means that, you know, instead of money, which can feel a little bit harsh and hard-handed, it's a great thing to get for someone who you don't know exactly what they would want from the store, but you want them to only get something that they would really like and actually spend the money on getting something for themselves, whereas actual cash they could just spend on something boring like bills. So doing something like that is a really nice idea. Gift cards are always good. The other thing that I would suggest is experience gifts, or you can do secondhand if you know a big ticket item that someone wants. Like for example, we have these beautiful friends, Benny and Sean. Sean is Sean Philip Nalo from um, the Excuse Me podcast. And I appeared on that one um, this week. So you can go back and have a listen to that. It's all about Christmas history and it's fascinating. Uh, but those two guys, absolutely beautiful couple. So, so sweet. Last year for Christmas, we came to visit them and they had actually organized and found a secondhand record player because our record player had broken and they had gone through Facebook Marketplace found this secondhand record player and then gotten that for us so that we had an ethically sourced, you know, like secondhand recycled record player. It was the most beautiful, well thought out gift. I was incredibly touched by it. And so was Daniel. And that's a wonderful example of how to, you know, do a kind of like zero waste gifting moment for someone where they just like set it up, found a secondhand thing, but it was a reasonably big ticket item it was something we both really wanted um so to be able to do that and find that for something like that is not easy but if you look in advance and you know someone is after a good camera or a new laptop or whatever it might be you might be able to find that second hand and that's an ethical way to get someone a big ticket item and then my final suggestion for gifts if you're not going to go consumable or second hand um, or gift cards. The other thing I would recommend is experience gifts. And that is things like taking someone, um, to a concert, buying them concert tickets, buying them airline tickets somewhere. You know, if you, it's like, it's obviously that's a very high level if you have the money to do that. But if it's someone special and you really want to do something special for them, you might do something like that. If that's something within like your price point, or you might get them a voucher towards an airline, a voucher towards going um, to a concert. Those sorts of things are really nice. But if you give the gift of an experience, it's about having something in the future to look forward to. And it is a zero waste gift, which is really, really nice. So I highly recommend those. And even subscriptions are also another great zero waste gift. If you know someone who really loves Audible and books, get them an Audible subscription. You know, if you know someone who really enjoys kind of like fresh fruit and veg, you could see if you can get them a subscription for their groceries from a local farming market or something like that. So there are ways to sort of find other really practical gifts for people that are sort of ongoing or, you know, that are zero waste in that way. Um, these are all the recommendations that I have for you guys today. So I hope that that has been helpful. I would love to hear what you guys do for Christmas. What are your traditions? What little swaps are you going to make this year to be more sustainable? I'd love to hear all about it. Please hit me up on Instagram. I am May Contain Traces of Soy or on Facebook. And thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. Have a Merry Christmas and a sexy solstice. I will catch up with you guys in a fortnight.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.